Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Are you delighted to be here this morning? And it's a blessing to gather in the name of the Lord. This gathering is not unto any man, but is unto the Lord. And I believe that God is going to bless us tremendously and our lives will never be the same. Can I have anybody who agrees to say a loud amen? amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 3 verse 7 to 14. Philippians 3, 7 to 14. Oh, yeah, you are a co-season man singing out that you want to move. Oh, yeah, you are a co-season man. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 14. And as usual, we are reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Amen. All right. Beautiful. It says, I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. It's good to see you. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Can you read verse 10 and 11 with me? Ready, go. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Verse 11, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word yet again. Your word is life. Your, your word gives instruction. 
your word directs our course your word causes us to have wisdom your word strengthens us your word gives us hope and comfort thank you that today as your word comes forth all these different benefits of hearing your word of receiving your word and putting that word into practice will be manifested in our lives i pray for everyone hearing my voice this moment or later on that you grant to each and every one a spirit of understanding a spirit of revelation and a deep insight concerning your word may we be drawn closer unto you in jesus mighty name let everybody say amen, amen. all right well so i have been sharing with us on the broad subject that i may know him is that not so that i may know him and amazingly we've done four parts so far and today i'm believing god to bring it to a conclusion so today's sermon that i may know him part five how many parts do chewa have ten chewa part one part two part three part four part five part six part seven part thirteen how many three crack at home what a shock wow well so i just have five parts to my sermon and i believe that i'm going to be we're going to be mightily blessed where's my sound operator where is he now can somebody turn the speaker a little bit away from me because he's feeling back slightly yes all right away from me okay all right that should be fine beautiful so that i may know him part five now who are we referring to of course we are referring to our lord and savior jesus christ is that not so we want to know him we want to know jesus and <clears throat> last week I, I got um a whatsapp message from a sister i haven't heard from in a very long while and um after we had exchanged pleasantries um she said to me that, oh, I have something to ask you. And I said, oh, that's fine. Go ahead and ask. And she asked the question that Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except by him. And by saying that he was if you like, projecting the Father as the one that we must aim to get close to. Is that not so? So then she asked that so she's noticed that most of our worship songs are directed to Jesus. And she's wondering that if Jesus is like a channel or is like a path to the Father, then why is he the subject of most of our worship songs? Hallelujah. Now, that, that was an interesting question. And I'm wondering that what answer would you have given to the person? What answer would you give? 
It's not a rhetoric question. No. I'm actually asking you a question that I need an answer for from you. So what would you say to somebody like that? They are all one. Is that not so? Yeah. When we do what? When we talk to Jesus, we are speaking to the Father. Is that not so? I think that it was a very intelligent question to ask. And you are right. In John 10, 30, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Amen. And then if you read uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, he explained that the, the Paul writes and explains to the church in Colossus that the Godhead, the Godhead fully dwells in him. Amen. And then if you check a scripture like John chapter 14, reading from verse 7, um, <clears throat> Philip said to Jesus that because Jesus had, was explaining to them about the Father. And by the way, a lot of the revelations that we have about the Father, we get them in the gospel according to St. John. And even the letters that he wrote, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. That's where we, we get a deep revelation about God as our heavenly Father. Hallelujah. So now, after he had said a number of things, Philip said to him, Show us the Father. And will be satisfied with that. And then Jesus responded and said to him that, Filippo, is it that you have been with me all this while? And you have not seen the father and you've not recognized the father. He said to him that, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Because the father is in me and I am in the father. And so I had to explain to this sister that worshipping the Father worshipping the Son, they are not mutually exclusive. It's, it's one and the same thing because the Father and the Son are one. And so it's not a problem when we lift up a song and we adore the Father or we adore the Son or we adore the Holy Spirit. It is one and the same thing because they are so intertwined that you cannot even differentiate between them. Although each one of them is a person by his own right. Hallelujah. So you see, we need to get to a point in our Christian life and in our Christian experience where we will have so much understanding about the God we serve and about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we can talk about him, we can discuss him, we can witness about him, and we can help people to have a good understanding of who he is. Hallelujah. And that is the reason why I've been teaching on that I may know him. And uh, I believe that we've looked at a number of different things. Is that not so? There are some three powerful statements that have come up as a result of this teaching. The first one is that the goal of the Christian life is to know Christ, be known by him, and to be like him. Amen. What's the second important statement that you wrote? Number two. 
to know Christ is not an event. I'm expecting more of you to respond, including those of you who are watching me live or you'll be watching me later because I've run through these points over and over again. So I'm expecting that by now you, you, you have them at the back of your hand. What's the second point again? Everybody respond. Go. To know Christ is not an event. It's a continuous, perpetual journey or experience. And then what is the third important truth that we wrote? Knowing Christ should be more relational rather than informational. Amen. It should be more relational rather than informational. Beautiful. So there are four questions that we are trying to answer through this teaching. Number one, what does it mean to know Christ? Number two, how can we know Christ? Number three, what are the signs and evidence that we are progressing in our knowledge of Christ? And the fourth one, what are the benefits of knowing Christ? I, I simply don't have the time to summarize everything that we've shared so far. But if you search, you will find everything I have taught on this uh, series so far. Okay? And uh, last week, we started looking at the signs and evidence that we are progressing in our knowledge of Christ. At least those ones, I can run through them. Now, the first sign is that you become more mature. The second sign is that you become more spiritual. And then you also put away childish things. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, if you know, it's just like a, a child, a baby. If um, a child is born, it's so nice to, to have the latest addition to the family. And... Um, Babies are nice. Now, I'm, I'm looking at two babies so far. And um, it's nice. Two very nice babies. Bakoye kokona, bakoye chocolate. Wow. And babies are nice. Anytime I hold babies, I have a lot of atinka. Do you see? Yeah. Tension baby. Yes, sir. What a shock. <laughs> When we close, you see what your mother will do to you. Beautiful. So babies are nice. But you see, we do not expect babies to remain babies forever. Let her be. Let her be. In fact, she's helping me to preach. Do you see what she's doing now? Yeah. How she's talking. She doesn't recognize that. She doesn't understand that at all. So that is a child for you. And... She's a baby, so we can excuse that. But then, as she grows, we are expecting that childish things will be put away. That she'll be able to comport herself. That she'll be able to sit quietly through the service. I can see that the mother is struggling with the son. <laughs> but he's a child. He's a child. Look, one of the most difficult things to do is to ask a child to sit still. Don't move. Yeah. If you ask them stance, you, you see that they, 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 they'll start moving. Yeah. That's children for you. And where spiritual things are concerned, and where our relationship with Christ is concerned, where the Christian work is concerned, there is a need for us to mature. 
and there's a need for us to grow spiritually because just as you can grow physically you can also grow spiritually and you can grow in the things of the Lord hallelujah and so one of the signs and the evidence that you are progressing in your knowledge of Christ is that you become more mature you become more spiritual and you put childish things away I declare to you today that by virtue of the if you are a baby Christian and if you, you you've not matured in God it becomes a challenge sometimes to recognize that this thing that is going on is wrong and I must not be a part of it it is as you progress in your knowledge of Jesus and in your experience of God that you are able to discern more easily between what is right and between what is wrong. And I want to emphasize again to all of us that don't just follow things blindly. Don't do that. Don't just swallow everything that you are told. I expect us to behave like the believers in Berea who after Paul had preached to them, Paul and Silas had ministered to them, they went back, said through the scripture. So they received everything that they said. They had, and they received it gladly. But it didn't just end there. They went back, said through the scriptures to try and establish whether those things that Paul shared with them were true. And that's the point I want you to get to. I don't want you to, to hear me preach and, and then just jump and start running with it without trying to ascertain whether the things that you've heard are true. Amen. And I'm saying that a sign that you're progressing in your knowledge of Jesus is where now your ability to discern between what is right and wrong is greatly enhanced. I don't want you to be sycophants. You see, a sycophant is like... Um, a sycophant is like a bootlicker. A sycophant is somebody who just flows with everything that is said to him or her without questioning anything. So once my pastor says, once my prophet says, once my bishop has said something. That is it. I don't have any questions about it. I don't raise any questions about it. It is the gospel truth and I'm running with it. And sycophants at the point want to attack you if you don't agree with what they believe and with what they are saying. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? And I don't want you to become that. I don't want you to turn me into that kind of leader. I reject it. I don't like it. And I don't want it. And for your own sake, you must mature in the Lord and grow in the Lord and in your knowledge of Christ. And you must increase in your ability to discern between what is right and what is wrong. So that when you hear something and you realize that this thing is not according to the word of God, reject it. If I stand here and I minister to you and I share something with you, and you realize out of your knowledge of God and knowledge of the word that what I'm saying does not reconcile properly with the word of God. Reject it. 
Of course, I'm not expecting that as I'm preaching, I say something you don't like. You raise your hand. Uh, 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 pastor, uh, uh, Pastor, the thing that you are saying, no, me, I, 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 don't, I, I don't agree you. No, we can't do that. You spoil it. But I will be so pleased with you if after the fellowship meeting, you come to me and you say, Pastor, I really didn't understand this point that you shared because based on what I've read in the word of God, it's supposed to be like this. And I have a problem with how you explained it. I I will buy yogurt for you if you do that. Because for me, it's a sign that you are maturing and you are growing in your Christian experience. I declare to you that from today, your ability to discern between right and wrong has greatly increased in the name of Jesus. Then the fourth thing I shared with you as a sign and evidence that you are progressing in your knowledge of Christ is that there's an increase in your ability to recognize Christ and to recognize when he's at work or not. What do I mean? I explain to you that don't just be somebody when you hear that there's a new preacher in town There's a new prophet in town. There's a new ministry in town. You just run there without asking yourself certain pertinent questions. Without trying to find out whether what you are seeing and what is going on there, it is Christ who is behind it. And in case you don't know, there are a lot of things that are going on. Drop your volume a little bit there are a lot of things that are going on with the name of Christ being used. What I'm saying to you is that people are doing things under the name of Christ. But know that not everything that is done and not, any, not everybody who comes projecting and mentioning the name of Christ is actually doing his work. And is actually serving him. You must get to a point and recognize that this thing, it is the Lord. This other thing, it is not the Lord. And you must get to that point. You, as a believer, as a Christian, as a child of God, you should get to that point where you decide that I reject this thing because I don't see Christ in it. So watch out. Watch out and and be able to discern whether Christ is actually behind something that is going on or not. And if you don't see Christ, if you don't see the attributes of Christ, if you don't see his virtues at play or being displayed, reject that thing. Reject it. Say, I reject this thing because Christ is not in it. Hallelujah. And then the fifth one that I shared with you, the fifth sign and evidence that you are increasing in the knowledge of Christ is that you can now say so much about him based on your relationship with him and based on how much information you have about him. Is that not so? Because the more you know somebody, the more you can speak about the person. The more experience you've had of somebody, the the, the more versed you are in things concerning the person. And the more you can speak confidently and assuredly about the person. May you get to that point in your Christian experience in the name of Jesus. All right, the next point, the next sign and evidence, and I'm continuing. So I'm, I'm continuing 
sharing with you the evidence or the signs that you are progressing in your knowledge of Christ. The next sign on or evidence is how much of Christ we see in you. How much of Christ we see in you. Hallelujah. How much of Christ we see in you. It is one of the signs, one of the pieces of evidence which prove that you are increasing in your knowledge of Christ. And what is the point again? How much of Christ we see in you. Acts chapter 11, reading from verse 25. Acts chapter 11, reading from verse 25, New Living Translation. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. Now notice this last statement that was made. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Amen. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. And Christian means Christ-like. That's what it means. Christ-like. And I dare say that the believers in Antioch were called Christians because people noticed that Christ was in them. That they were Christ-like. So, depending on how much of Christ we see in you, we can tell whether you are increasing in your knowledge of him or not. Because the more of Christ is in you, the more we can say that you know him. Because you cannot come into contact with him and have a certain intimacy with him that Things about him, his nature, his character will not rub off on you. Hallelujah. So now when we start seeing signs with you or signs around you, signs that remind us of Christ, we can say to ourselves that, ah, this person really knows the Lord. Have you heard people make this statement before? You've heard them say that thing before. Why do we make those statements? It's because you look at such a person to whom the statement is made and you realize from the person's attitude, from the person's behavior, from the person's response to things that this person, he or she, really knows Christ. May people say that about you. May they say that about you in your community. May they say that about you at school. May they say that about you at your workplace. May they say that about you in the bus. In the name of Jesus. Look at another scripture. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. Same New Living Translation. Now Peter and John had raised a cripple at the gate called Beautiful, which was one of the gates to the temple. And the council of leaders, church leaders, had summoned them to try and understand what was going on. Now, this is what the Bible records. The members of the council 
were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Did you get that? Now, what, 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 what is this saying to us and what can we learn from this? So now Peter and John were standing before the elders, the church leaders, the scribes and what have you. And as they spoke, as they, as they answered the questions that were placed before them, the members of the council were amazed. There was something about the guys, about Peter and John, that reminded them of somebody. There was something that was family, family, and a familiar, familiar about them. Perhaps as they listened to them, they said to themselves, Ah, and Krofoyomu Kaimyogyo. And Krofoyomu Kaimyogyo. Ah, why? Why? They remind, they remind me of someone. They remind us of someone. Ah, they remind me of Jesus. From the way they spoke. From the way they carried themselves. From the boldness with which they spoke. From the way they healed the crippled. It reminded them of Jesus. And they recognized that these guys had been with Jesus. And it was a sign that they really knew the Lord. Can I have an amen? Can I have a louder amen? amen. So I am explaining to you my friends. That if you want to assess yourself. Whether you really know the Lord or whether you are increasing in your knowledge of Jesus. One of the things that you should look out for is how much of Christ is in me. Are there things about me? Are there things about my response to things that are Christ-like? When you are provoked... When you are persecuted, when you are insulted, when you are ill-treated, when you meet certain temptations, what is your response? Do your responses remind us about Christ? Do we see Christ in you? Hallelujah. So these are things that you could use to judge yourself and to assess yourself whether you are progressing in your knowledge of Christ. So there's a song we sing. I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. I, I want to be more like you. Hallelujah. We want to be vessels that God is working through. And to be such vessels, Christ must be seen in us. From this time onwards in your life, May you become somebody that people will recognize Christ in you. Can I hear your louder amen? amen? The seventh evidence, number seven, the seventh sign or evidence that you are progressing in your knowledge of Christ 
is how much you are living and walking in love. How much you are living and walking in love. It shows something. It reveals something. It shows that you are really developing and progressing in your knowledge of Christ. Amen. First John chapter 4, reading from verse 16. First John chapter 4, reading from verse 16 to 21. Once again, it is the New Living Translation of the Bible. It says, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. When you know Jesus, you will know how much he loves you. You cannot know how much he loves you when you don't really know him. Because you learn more about people when you get closer to them and when you come into contact with them. So when it says we know how much God loves us, it suggests to us that we, you know, it, it comes out of knowing him, how much we know him. Because the more you know him, the more you know how much he loves you. Amen. It goes on and says God is love. Everybody say God is love. It says, God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in him, or in them. Amen. Amen. Say with me, God is love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Beautiful. So, you can see here, living in love, living in love. It continues, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, or we become more mature. Amen. Amen. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Now, pause. You know, John here is explaining that God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. Now, if you've lived in a place for a while, you are likely to know a lot of things about that place. Is that not so? It's a, it's a natural thing. Case. The longer you've lived in a place, the more you know the place or the better you know the place. So when it talks about we living in God and living in love, understand that God is love. And so if you live in love, it means that you live in God. And if you live in God, it means the more you know him. Should I say it again? God is love. God is love. If you live in love, it means that you're living in God. And if you're living in God, it means that you know him the more. Did you get that? Beautiful. So one of the ways by which you can tell whether you are progressing in your knowledge of Jesus. It's whether you live in love. Because if you live in love, it means you are living in him. And if you are living in him, it means that you know him. 
So the more love you exhibit, the more we can say of you that you actually know Jesus. Look, for me, it's one of the clear things that I look for in people, especially in pastors and ministers of the gospel. I want to see their love level, how much of love they exhibit. The more love I see in them, the more convinced I become that they actually know Jesus or that they have increased in their knowledge of him. For me, it's a clear sign. You cannot claim to know him when you don't live in love, when you are wicked, when you are vindictive, when you are cruel, when you treat people anyway, anyhow. You can't tell me that you know him. If you really know him, it will show by the, uh, the love. It will show by your love level. Your love level. Yeah. Your love level. Hallelujah. And you notice it says something here that you will not be afraid on the day of judgment. Listen. On the day of judgment, what are the main issues that are going to come up? The main issues that are going to come up will be an assessment of you. Or assessment of us our love for Christ and our love for one another how do I know look at this scripture in Matthew 22 reading from verse 35 Matthew 22 reading from verse 35 the King James Version then one of them who was a lawyer asked him a question tempting him and saying, master which is the great commandment in the law and Jesus said unto him Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What does it mean? It means that where God is concerned, it's about love. It all comes down to love. It all comes down to love. The Christian walk, the Christian experience, our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, it comes down to love. And here in this scripture, Jesus was revealing it clearly. Because the lawyer, the young man wanted to know that how can I be right before God? What is the great commandment? What is the most important thing that God is interested in? And Jesus explained to him, it's about love. Loving God and loving one another. And so it means that the more we love God and the more we love one another, the more we can say of ourselves that we are progressing in our knowledge of Jesus. Because you cannot claim to know him when your love level is not high. Look at another scripture. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 to 2. Oh, thank you Jesus. Ephesians 5, 1 to 2. King James Version. It says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now read the next sentence with me. Ready, go. I cannot hear you. Cho. Shout it out again. Continue. 
For a sweet smelling savor. So in the first scripture we read in 1 John chapter 4, we are asked to live in love. That God is love and the one who lives in love lives in God and God lives in him. You know, I, I really thank God for Sunday school and, and, and the lessons that we learned today. And for me, the children's ministry is a very, very important ministry. And, and, and I believe that it is one of the, of the aspects of the new ministry that God is ushering us into that we must develop very seriously. Very important because there are things that I learned as a little child that have stayed with me. I saw a man the other day who was explaining to me how his children are doing so well. And, he's, and if it says even academically, they are doing so well. And he's attributing it to the sort of training and impact that they received in the Sunday school. So like I, I remember, uh, there's a song I learned in Sunday school. God is love and the one who lives in love lives in God and God lives in him. This is a song I learned when I was a little child. And it stayed with me. That God is love. And the one who lives in love. Lives in God. And God lives in him. And that's the truth. If you live in love. And in the other scripture that we saw in Ephesians here. It talks about walking in love. So you live in love. And you walk in love. It is an indication of your closeness with Jesus. And you cannot be close to somebody unless you know the person well. So, the more you walk in love, the more we can say of you that you know Christ. Now, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, the last part of the first John chapter 4 that we, we, we saw. It says, if someone says, I love God. <laughs> But hates a fellow believer. That person is a liar. Mommy was singing the song the other time. To be cast And is a it's a word of God. So let's not even dwell too much about loving God. Let's just watch how we relate with one another. Let's watch. Let's just focus on how we relate with one another and how we see one another and, and how we treat one another. It shows whether we really love God and whether we are close to Jesus just from that alone. Yeah, there are other things that you can look at which are also important. But for me, this is very cardinal. And I'm saying that if you really know him, and if we are really progressing in our knowledge of him, it will show in how we treat a fellow believer. How we treat people. Do we treat people with respect? With dignity? Do we have a timer? Do we, do we empathize with people? Do we feel for people? Can we identify with people's pain, people's struggles, people's sorrows? 
If we see that about ourselves, then we can say that we are walking in love and we are living in love. And we can say of ourselves that we are improving and we are progressing and we are developing in our knowledge of Jesus. I'm telling you, it all comes down to love. It all comes down to love. Write this down. The more you know him, the more you love. Write it down. The more you know him, the more you love. The more you know him, the more you love. You see? My organist has not disappeared. He's also writing his notes. So anytime you hear that the music has ceased, you see? So he's not just interested in playing. He wants to know Jesus for himself. A clap for my, my organist. You're asking that what is his name? His name is Obiobi Mankalanta Bule Bule Zozo. That's his name. The short, the short form is Obi. So the more you know him, the more you love. Then write this other statement now. Your visible love for others, your visible love for others is the evidence that you know Christ. Somebody has said here. Your visible love for others is the evidence. And you need to dance here your visible love for others is the evidence that you know him. My friends, get this and get it. If you don't get anything else, get this point. When we talk about the signs and the evidence that you are progressing in your knowledge of Christ, one clear sign is whether you are living in love, whether you are walking in love, how you treat others, how you relate with others. Because what is love? Someone said, love is a feeling you feel. When you feel, you're going to feel a feeling you've never felt before. You know how people like to just put words together, you see? Love is the feeling you feel. When you feel, you're going to feel a feeling you've never felt before. My response to that is nonsense. You want to know what love is? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to 8. Somebody say, Pastor, stay there small. New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians 13. If you are looking for a book in, or a chapter in the Bible that talks about love, where do you go? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Amen. And then John's letters also have a lot of things about love. It says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It means you only be clang. Clang, 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 clang. If you speak the languages of earth and of angels and you don't love others, you are like what? Clang, clang, clang. That's how you are. <laughs> You're a bellboy. That's all you are. You're just a bellboy. It says, if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and possess all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others 
I will be there then. Nothing. Nothing that will cheat me then. She. <laughs> I will be she. Look, I am not reading Anderson Fairy Tale. I am reading, and I'm not reading Robin Hood. I'm not reading Oliver Twist. I'm not reading Alice in Wonderland. I'm not re- reading Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. It's the word of God that I'm reading. And God's word is explaining very clearly that if you can do all these fantastic things, including moving mountains, but you don't laugh at this, what are you again? You are shame or zero po. Or cost 90, which is equal to what? Zero. Zero. Hey, we are all fine. It continues. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrifice my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. The King James says, if you give your body to be burnt, I say, say, you, you, you know, there, there's, there, there's some people who feel that the more spiritual you are, the more wild things you are able to do for God. I'll kill myself for Jesus. I'll sacrifice myself. One day, God had to explain to Samuel, uh, to Saul, using the prophet Samuel, that to obey is better than to sacrifice. Sacrifice is very important. But a lot of the times, God is looking for our obedience, not our sacrifice. You give a lot of money, you give a lot of this, you give money to the poor, you are into humanitarian things and all of that. Do you know that you can do those things, but you are doing them not out of love? People do things for show. People do things for fame. People give things and they want it on the news. It's not because they care for the people that they are doing those things for. People go and drill boreholes in villages. Go and build KVIPs. Schools. They do all those things. You think that they love the people. Chia! Who said chia? I did. This not because they care for the people. Please, don't be deceived. The fact that you do all of those things do not mean it's not an indication that you love the people. So what is love? Then he goes on to explain. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. When you say Aumasope, know that love is not around because one of the signs of pride is that you cannot be corrected one of the signs of pride is that things are being pointed out to you but you cannot see and I've come to see that some of the proud people around always see other people as proud but they don't see it in themselves anybody who is quick to say to somebody else you are proud you are proud you are proud you are proud you are looking at the proudest of them all Or root. Love is not root. Watch the way you talk to people. 
especially people that who are lower on the social ladder compared to you watch how you treat people watch how you treat mates watch how you treat the plumber watch how you treat the kayayo do you know that you are what you are by the grace of God it could have been you running through the uh, 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 makola Shouting, Piazza, Piazza. Say that. Am I a giddy can cut it? I give you almost a sutumbian. It's it at you. Am I a woman who be on to be mammy? Why? Am I a giddy can cut here? Am I a quadro, 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 Piazza, Piazza, Piazza. Anytime you see anybody like that, tell yourself that it could have been me. I have actually had to teach myself and train myself. Sometimes I fail. God forgive me. You know, sometimes when you're driving through the traffic, then these boys come with this, their windscreen cleaner. It's one of the things I don't like at all. Because you see, a lot of the water that they use is not clean. There are sand particles in it. And they, when they come and do it, they end up scratching your windscreen. So with time, you realize that a lot of scratches are developing. My in my 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 default setting when they start those things, it's a, stop, stop. So now because I don't want to scream at them, when I see that they are coming, even before they give to me now, my you see, or I, I I I turn on my wiper and all of that. But there are times when I felt the spirit of God speaking to me. Because it could have been you. There are people who are hawking in the market because there was nobody to see them through their educations. It's not because they are tiwiyo. It's not because they don't have head. They get head. But don't need for. That's the story of most people in this life. There is no helper. There is no helper. And one of the statements I make often is, you are as great as the help you receive. No help, no greatness. Whatever I'm doing here, I cannot do it. I will not be able to do it without all the helpers that God has given to me. And so I appreciate and value every single person that God has given to me. And I'm careful how I treat them, how I relate with them. I don't just treat them anywhere, anyhow. I just don't discard them or throw them away. We must value people. We must not be rude to them. And speak anyway, anyhow to them. Love respects people. So 1 Corinthians 13 is a practical illustration of what love is. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. Away with the bitterness. Let's put it away. I saw a statement that Nelson Mandela made before he left prison. And what he said was that as he's walking out of prison, he knows that he must leave all bitterness and pain and resentment. He must leave it there. 
because if he walks out of prison with his anger about the injustice that he's received, he will remain in prison for the rest of his life. One of the reasons why he's such a great statesman, may he so rest in peace, is because of that ability he had to forgive those who had hurt him. He was in prison for so many years. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice. When you see that people are not being treated fairly, <laughs> what do you do? You rejoice? Can't you see that how they are being treated is not correct? Why are you rejoicing? Why are you saying some? If you don't have anything proper to say, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Listen to me, guys. I'm saying again to you that one of the signs that we are progressing in our knowledge of Christ is when we are living in love and when we are walking in love. And love is practical. Even before we focus on loving God and all of those things. It, so that was what John was explaining. So it's almost like the, the, the one you see, you can't love. But the one you don't see is the one that you are blowing and sounding a trumpet about. I am not impressed if you come to church and you're worshipping God. I like you Lord. I like you Lord. Yes I yes I like you Lord. <laughs> You are God. Oh, I like you. But how do you treat your house help? How do you treat the people who work for you? After years and years of service, what do you do for them? Or yours is that they are this, they are that, they didn't work well, they stole from me, they did this, and all of that. I say love does not keep a record of wrongs. That's what it says. So now I, I'm not impressed with all these emotions that are displayed in church and all of that. I'm not impressed anymore. I've arrived at a point, I'm not impressed by those things. They are the little, little things that I look out for. How you treat others. Kindness. Your patience. Your love. You know, I'm, I saw somebody last week. And he said something to me. You know, that set me thinking. I don't even know what we were talking about that that thing came up. I think what he was saying is that there are a lot of things about you that haven't changed. I think in reference to me and all of that. Then he gave an example. He said he met somebody who for some reason my name came up. 
and the person told him a story. He told him a story about how one day in a church somewhere he was cleaning the church hall. And then first, one senior pastor came to pass where he was cleaning. Hmm? So it, it was a big church hall. He was struggling to clean. And the place that he had finished cleaning, the person came to walk there and create more mess. And said that this person as he was going, said, oh, I've given you more work, eh? Okay, don't worry. To be okay. You know, I went away. And then he said that, but I also came by. Hmm? Passing the same place. And he said, as I was passing there, I was all apologetic. He said, oh, I've spoiled the work that you have done. I'm so sorry. Really, really sorry, Pa. And he said, I kept on and on and on about it. You know, it's amazing. He remembered. He kept it in his head. People remember things so. And often they are little, 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 little things. That's why you may not understand why people will follow somebody and not want to follow another person. You don't understand it. You may come up with all kinds of stories and allegations and spreading all sorts of things. But you don't understand why this person will prefer to relate with this one and not relate with that other one. You know. That's not what it is. It's just about trying to serve God. It, it, it's not being about perfect and not having issues. It's just trying. And I'm explaining to you that how we relate with people on a day-to-day basis, it reveals whether you are improving in your knowledge of Christ or not. I'm telling you, talk to people anyway, anyhow. Rubbish them anyway, anyhow. Don't show gratitude and appreciation. It's a sign. Now, if I see that your relationship with others, your treatment of them and all of that, when I see that it is good and you are a Christian, the only thing that I will say in response is, that's what I was saying. I've had to stay on this point for a long time. But I believe that it is the key evidence. It's the key evidence. It all comes down to love. Let's round up. The next one. The next evidence. The extent to which you know his voice. The extent to which you know his voice reveals whether you know him or not. John 10, 4 to 5. I'm closing in two minutes. Okay, one minute. John 10, 4 to 5, New Living Translation. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him. Why? Because they know his voice they won't follow a stranger they will run from him because they don't know his voice notice his voice his voice now we can't see jesus with our physical eyes 
Of course, there are supernatural experiences that you can have where Jesus may reveal himself to you. But that's not a normal day-to-day uh, -day common experience. For the majority of believers to follow Jesus, we won't see him physically to follow him. So how can you follow somebody that you can't see physically? How? Say that again. Say that again. His voice. And so if you are coming here, if you are coming for, for fellowship meeting, and there's nobody with you who knows the place physically, how would you get here? You have to follow a voice. And, and in today's modern world, there, there, there is Google, Google location. Google map. Do you know Google? Yes. So there's Google map. Google location. Why need that a person will give you? And you will hear some. A certain chick. Yes, sir. After 100 meters, turn right to Osudoku Shai Hills Street. Then when you get there, say, do this. You are following a voice to get to where you want to get to. And that's how it is with Jesus. Following him requires that we follow his voice. Which means that the more you know his voice, the more you know him. People who know me well, if I even call with a strange number and I say one or two sentences, they know that it is me. They'll say, Bushop, who now prefers to be called Pastor. Pastor, Pastor Bishop. Yeah. And, and at that times I've asked people, ah, how did you know it was me? So, oh, but I know your voice. So the more you know a person, the more you know the person's voice. Hallelujah. And number nine, the ninth sign that you are improving or developing in your knowledge of Christ is that your level of confidence in him increases when you are going through crisis. Your level of confidence in him increases when you are going through crisis. Or if you like, we can tell that you are improving in your knowledge of him by looking at your level of confidence in him when you are going through crisis. 2 Timothy 1 verse 12. That is why I'm suffering here in prison, writes the apostle Paul. But I'm not ashamed of it. For I know the one in whom I trust. For I know the one in whom I trust. Now that I'm not perturbed. I'm not worried. I'm not disturbed. I'm not angry. I know the one in whom I trust. And I'm sure that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him until the day of his return. Paul is saying that I'm in prison. I'm going through a lot. My liberties have been taken away from me. The conditions here are not good. Bad things are happening to me. I'm going through wild things. But he's saying that I'm not ashamed. I'm not perturbed. Because I know the one in whom I have trusted. When you know him, we can tell from your confidence level, even when things are not going well for you. Minimu 
destroyed you. It hasn't broken you. It hasn't caused you to quit and to and to throw in the towel. It will prompt me to say about you that you know Christ. Hallelujah. Then the last one, your understanding concerning the things of God increases. It's one of the signs that you really know him. Your understanding concerning the things of God increases. 1 John 5 20, New Living Translation, the last scripture for the day. And we know that the Son of God has come. And he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. Understanding, know. Understanding, know. Understanding. So the more you know him, the more understanding you have about him and about things concerning him. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. He's the only true God and his eternal life. Hallelujah. So all these are signs and evidence that we know Christ. Amen. 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 Folks, I'm not out of word. I'm just out of time. And it looks like we'll have to do one more of this teaching on the series that I may know him. But I trust that you've been so blessed. I trust that you've received a lot of knowledge and insight. Don't forget these things that you've learned today. May God lead you deeper and deeper into himself and deeper and deeper in your knowledge of him. May people look at you, how you are, how you carry yourself, how you handle situations, how you deal with certain circumstances. May they say of you that you know Christ. Rise to your feet and let us pray. God bless you. Clap unto the Lord, everybody. Let's appreciate God's word. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. If perchance you're watching this broadcast and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's the starting point, you know, to surrender yourself to Jesus, to surrender your life to him and to open your heart to him. And for Jesus to come in, you must just pray a prayer. A simple prayer. And I'm going to lead you to pray that prayer. But pray it in faith. And believe everything that you're saying. Say, Heavenly Father. I come to you today. Just as I am. Oh God. Please forgive me. For all my sins. Please wash me. With the blood of Jesus. From today. I am yours. And you are mine. I will serve you. I will follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name have I prayed with thanksgiving. 
Amém. Aleluia. Thank you for listening to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus two three three two four three eight eight six six two two. God bless you.